Good afternoon. It is the 21st of October, and this is Chickie Fitzgerald with the Executive Girlfriends Group, and it is my pleasure to introduce my guest today. And Mary, uh, why don't I get you to give a little bit of background and tell us a little bit about your book about mentoring. Sure. Well, hello, Chickie, and thank you so much for allowing me to talk about mentoring because I do feel very passionate about it. The book, Mentoring Heroes, it featured 52 women in their stories. And the reason why I wrote it at that time, it seemed like the material was very limited as to how women can actually conduct a mentoring relationship. There was a lot of how-tos, how to the rules and the etiquette on how to, to uh, have a relationship, but it didn't really apply, I thought, to myself, so it wouldn't apply to most women. And through my years of uh, writing, I've written a lot of um, newspaper articles, interviewed hundreds of people through the uh, Chicago Tribune time that I was writing features and profiles for them and other local newspapers. I've been in advertising, uh, radio, a lot of Internet work, of course, now. But through all the interviews, I, I kept meeting these people who were very successful in their field, and I would be featuring them, and yet they were so eager to tell me about their mentors. And it struck me for a number of reasons. Number one, I'm giving them time to shine. I'm giving them the, the spotlight here, and yet they wanted to tell me about the other people that helped them get there. So that to me was remarkable in itself. And the other thing was is that it was consistent. Successful people have mentors. So I wanted to know how I could do that. But then looking at the books available at the time and the information, I didn't see how I could do it. I was a working mother with three teenage children. Right. I was married, you know, just like so many of us belong to a church community, belong to uh, charitable groups, and we're very, very busy. So we're not going to be meeting after work to discuss our career because instead we're on the soccer field, you know, we're on the <laughs> <Exactly>. band practice, <laughs> and, and we're out running around. So I wanted to know, well, how could I do that? And so I sought out other women, and the answers that I have in the stories I have are in the book. So, uh, again, uh, let me just give the, the proper introduction. This is uh, Mary Doyle, and her book is called Mentoring Heroes, 52 Fabulous Women's Paths to Success and the Mentors Who Empowered Them. So, Mary, let's let's kind of uh, uh, step back a little bit to what you did uh, prior to becoming an author. Um, well, I've been writing, like I said, since 72. So I've been writing in some category or the other. I've worked for advertising agencies, newspapers, uh, began a radio station. In the midst of it, I went back to school because I didn't have a college education when I started, so I backtracked. It took me five years to get an associate's degree and then a number of other years to finally get my bachelor's, and then I went back for my master's. So it was a long process, but actually even that, I think, was a good thing for my children because they saw how important education was to me, so they all have degrees. Several of them have master's degrees, right. you know, and uh, they have done very well because of that. So, if, you know, raising a family, we have a blended family, a very large extended family. There's um, always something going on in the house. I am a caregiver to a loved one with Alzheimer's. That keeps me very busy and very, very grateful for the mentors I found there because it's such 
an altered universe that you're in with this person, and you really need somebody who's been there to be able to help you along. You can only read so much or talk to so many doctors. You know, you need somebody to help you apply it to your own situation. So, um, again, you know, mentors played a part in, in making me be able to do the things that I can do. Well, excellent. Well, why don't we just dive right into the book and and you begin chapter 1 talking about the the topic of leadership and and it, the first chapter is called Leadership Up Close and Personal. Why don't you tell us that story? Okay. Well, that is what mentoring is. It's a form of leadership one-on-one. It's working individual as a role model you would be someone that many people observe but not necessarily have contact with. But a mentor is actually leading another individual down another path. And probably we should even talk about what a mentor is. And, you know, a mentor is someone that can identify uh, your special gifts. So they may see things in you that you you aren't even aware of that you're capable of doing. They're a sounding board. They're a support for your growth at your own pace and in your own way. They're not supposed to clone you (laughs) to be one like them, but rather be able to work with what you have and send you off. They tell the stories of their experiences and share their knowledge and wisdom and and their opportunities that they offer and networking and encouragement. And so all of this is a form of leadership, but it's on, on an individual basis. And it has great potential because when we work with one individual, that individual is going to work with people around them both in their personal and their professional lives. So you're not just leading the individual, you're actually leading generations to follow and a community that surrounds that person. Does that answer your question? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. So then, you know, you talk about the role that mentoring plays in success, and I know you interviewed a lot of women for this book. Can you... Tell us the you know one of your favorite stories that pops out about someone where mentoring really was the key turning point uh, in their success. I really really love Jane Hayden because Jane is a mentor that works with inner city young people and she mentors these people for life. She has one young man that is um, probably in his late thirties by now. She's been mentoring for over twenty years. So she has seen this young man through his grammar school, you know, his elementary school, his his high school years. Uh, he has a work ma- working father of children as a partner to the woman of his, uh, the mother of his children. And she says, you know, it's very important to realize that you're not trying to instill your own way of life on these people. Because everybody comes from a different background, has a different situation. So a lot of times she doesn't agree with the path they choose to take or, or the, uh, the route that they go. But rather, you know, her, her job is to be there for them and help to support them and make them aware that there are other options. And uh, there are a number of women in a group called Career Links also and Women Empowered. And they do the same type of thing. Well, they'll work with somebody from the beginning to the end where they'll carry them and actually set them up for life, but don't lose the friendship and the partnership that they build because they've come so close. In fact, Jane says, um, Darius, this one young man that she's mentored for so many years, his mother would often say to her, he is my son when he's good, and he is your son 
<laughs> when he's not, when he's in trouble, she'd call up and she'd say, Jane, your son's at it again, you know. <laughs> you know? But it is part of, it is much like parenting, you know. Oh, it is. Because we, our children don't do necessarily what we want them to do. My children are very different than I am. They have very different paths. And I think they learn from me, but I also learn from them. That's the key to mentoring. We, we get back so much, and it's co-mentoring. And I think you could be mentored by anybody at different age levels. They could be younger than you or older than you. Mm-hmm. And sometimes their position isn't even exactly like yours, like Amy Bales talks about her mother and she taught her life skills that she applies to her practice as a cardiologist. She says, I've learned how to relate to people and to work with them and be compassionate and be thoughtful and respectful and, you know, how to run a business, actually, from her mother, too, because of the way her mother ran her home. So we can learn and apply it to different parts of our life. Or Mo- Monique Anois is another one, and Monique is an eye surgeon, but when she was um, in high school, she was a professional ice skater. And through the ice skating and learning how to perform and to prepare and to work with other people, she said she has learned so much about medicine because she goes into the surgery room, the same thing. She goes in that operating room prepared mentally. She meditates, envisions what might happen works that out in her head, what kind of supplies she would need and right. what might happen in the middle of the surgery if things didn't go right, what would she do? So she works those out. So it's very important to know that we don't have to have someone exactly in the same role that we are for them to be able to help us. I think that's a really, really good point because, you know, so often we think we need someone who who looks precisely like us. And uh, I know I have had a number of relationships uh, particularly with mentoring younger women, where I have learned an enormous amount from them, just from their uh, completely unjaded insights, yes. you know, which is what they bring to the table. Yes. Um, talk, talk to us a little bit, though, about structured mentoring programs and what happens when when companies or organizations uh, decide that they're going to try to put uh, some amount of structure around mentoring. I think they work in different ways. Everything is going to help you. There's different types of mentoring programs, and you can find them in almost every aspect of the arts or the sciences and uh, professionally and education. And they're all structured a little bit differently. I think the best ones work if they can match people up rather than randomly select a mentor where you actually look at your your skills and your needs and, and be able to match up. Um, there's a, a judge in my book, and she said that she was assigned an incoming judge to mentor. And this man really had much more experience in the field than she did. He was just being uh, placed in a different position. And she didn't feel like she offered him all that much. I think you always can learn something from a mentor, but the programs that are are matched a little closer probably are the best. And then you do have to look at time restraints because, uh, as women, we might not be able to meet as often as we'd like to. So what about Skyping? What about texting? What about emailing throughout the day? We have a lot of options technologically today right. that are, you know, make it much easier. Because I know for myself, I'm online at 1130 at night. You know, That's when I'm on Facebook and LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, that's the time I have. So I have to work with that. Right, right. Now, you talked a little bit about role models 
uh, when you talked about the definition uh, of a mentor. And I'd like you to tell us a little bit about the importance of mirroring our role models. Yeah, and unfortunately or fortunately, we have to be aware all the time that somebody's probably watching us because people are learning from us. We're role models as as well as we have role models. But you know in your field when you look around and you see someone you say, I like the way they do that. I like the way they work with people. I like the way they handle a situation. I like the way they are in an emergency or when things don't go right. And we watch them. And you can mirror them. But on the other hand, we're not identical. So um, I'm a quieter person. I'm somebody who likes to observe rather than to be out there. Some people are better at public speaking and being very dynamic out and they're charismatic. You know, if you don't have that, you, you can't exactly be that person that you see as a role model, but you still can learn from them and you can watch them. And in the same manner, we have to remember that somebody's watching us too, so you have to watch your behavior, especially if you're in an upper-level management uh, position. You know, where people are working underneath you, they have to follow your lead. So, you know, make sure that you're acting responsibly too. Is that really what you want? Just like your children, you know, as we talked earlier, do we want our children to say those words, to treat people that way, to (laughs) to, uh, be online, to be distracted, to be uh, texting during dinner, to, you know, don't do it yourself. Right. You don't want your children or your followers or your subordinates, your employees to do that. Mary, uh, Chapter 5 is about first impressions. And and I know uh, in in my career over the years, some of my first impressions have actually been wrong about people who were in positions of leadership. So tell me me what your intention was about writing about first impressions. Actually, that chapter is more about parents and the first people that we work with and our elementary school teachers and the, the first people that we come across and how they do set a precedent for us. So it's really important if you're working with young children, you know, or new employees or young people to make sure that you're on track yourself because they are watching and following your lead and they were going to be picking up your habits. And the same thing, like you say, though, first impressions when we have met other people, you know, we, we have to be careful not to make a judgment call because initially we don't want people to judge us either if they say we're too quiet and they take it as being rude or aloof or whatever or they're too aggressive and you think well you know they're not going to slow down and they're not going to pay attention to the details and and you don't know so you need to spend a little bit more time than that and it's actually one of the disadvantages i feel about facebook and texting and emailing because sometimes we're shooting things off very short and abruptly in writing and people get an impression of a mood or a tense or an attitude that isn't accurate. So, you know, we should give people a little bit of leeway if we also want that back. If we want them to understand us and come back to us and say, what did you mean by that? Or were you, you know, um, are you having trouble with that? And as women, we really like to cue into all the body languages and uh, the movements that we have in the eyes and the expressions and you don't have that in writing. So um, I think we work at a disadvantage with only the written word, and it's hard to pick up exactly what, what the intent of that message is. Yeah, I, I really agree with that because um, I, I am one. I am so comfortable in the electronic medium. 
and I like to respect other people's time and that, you know, I could pick up the phone, but they may not be in a mindset to deal with whatever it is that I'm talking about. And so I do rely heavily on electronic communication, but I find, you know, that I will deal with other people who are so much more comfortable, you know, if I would pick up the phone. And uh, I spent the whole day yesterday with Google uh, here in um, in the San Francisco area, uh, you know, hearing about their future visions for what they are doing. Uh, at a, I was at a travel conference, but it, it was just fascinating at the role that they believe that video is going to play, and uh, you know, introducing the capabilities of utilizing, you know, your iPhone 4's capabilities for, uh, you know, using video on the phone or just using your built-in camera on your laptop. And that we are finally going to have what, you know, I remember envisioning at that Disney thing that they had, the carousel of progress, where you were going to have this, uh, you know, video phone where you were going to be talking to people. And, and, and it is happening. And I think that that's going to change our ability to use that technology for, for mentorship. So I want to move to the next uh, section because you talk about teachers being our leaders. And I, is this the traditional teachers that we've had in school or is this the leadership individual that leans toward, um, you know, a, a more teaching style of leadership? Uh, I actually was referring more to the teachers that we have through educational settings, whatever that may be. But I think that the point there being we can disseminate information. That could be at work or in the school setting, but that's mentoring is more than that. It's the teacher that identifies a student and tries to prompt an interest and a growth in themselves and to say, uh, you know, you you do you're good at this. Why don't you try this? Or I know you can do more to push a student to uh, be able to hit a higher level than what they're they're doing at the time. And I think that it's very very effective for a student, especially early on, to have somebody that actually can work with them personally rather than just be giving them the information on a daily basis and by rote saying, you know, this is what you need to learn. Give me the paperback. Um, very good, you know, instead to say, okay, do you know why this is this way? Do you know what you can do with this? Have you tried this? You know, are you interested in this? There's so many women that I had come across in this book that had told me about a teacher that sent them in an area they had no clue they had any interest in, mm-hmm. like the geologist, ge- geologist Marsha Balistri is a geologist, and she said, she had no intentions of studying rocks, of working with rocks for the rest of her life, you know, but she had a teacher who really fascinated her, and he was so interesting and exciting. I wanted to show her more, and he'd have kids after school where he was just investigating and poking around and looking at her, the breakdown of it, and um, she said, turned around to her life. Who would have thought, you know? And that's the thing about teachers is to be able to, to get you up and moving in a different direction, a little bit higher level. You know, with, without the mentor, I think that we'd all be fine. But you know, if we're not sharing the information and the personal experiences, we all have to start from square one, which is right. pretty unnecessary. But you know, it comes with some risks. A lot of people don't have the time to mentor. Or I heard many women say they didn't want to share their information. They didn't <laughs> want somebody. Yeah, they were afraid of someone taking their spot. 
you know, right. that, that they'd be bumped out. It makes you very vulnerable. But if you're secure in your position, you know, you're going to pass it on. And people who have had powerful mentors absolutely want to turn around a mentor. I, I see that over and over again. If somebody sparked them, they need to do that in return because they know what a difference that makes in a career. And it'll make a real difference. Eventually we will step out of the field, and it's time for somebody else to come in, prepare them, help them, you know, extend that hand to, to help them up the ladder. Right, and, you know, I think that's a really good lead into the next chapter, which is about peer mentorship, because, you know, quite often if you are mentoring a peer within your same company, there can be that fear, particularly Absolutely. if there is a perception that there are only a certain number of spots that can be filled. But talk to us a little bit. Are there any stories that pop out to you of the interviews that you did uh, on this particular topic? Uh, well, I had heard from a woman that was in the Navy, and she said women in the military when she was in, which was a number of years ago by now, so hopefully it's better. We're not so good to each other. And yet there were other fields um, that were better. I, I found it interesting on um, a religious point that a nun that I interviewed, Sister Mary Stella, said when she began her career in the 40s or 50s, I think she was in, started, she had a house full of women that mentored her on a daily basis, equal peers, women who were older, women who were younger. They worked with each other all the time. And that changed in the 60s. And most nuns now are li out working and living on their own or living with another sister. They don't have that anymore. They don't have that mentorship between the levels. So actually they're being mentored by other religious lay people, but they are more like the lay community. On the flip side of that, um, a rabbi that I interviewed was one of the first women rabbis. And as time goes on, her community of women rabbis is growing increasing by increasing numbers. So she has a wonderful community because she said at first she had nobody to go to. There were other men, the male rabbis were there, right. and they were wonderful. But she went to one and she said, what do I do? I have a sick child and I have a sick uh, member of the congregation, congregation. And one of my parishioners needs me, my child right. needs me. I can't leave my child. And he said, oh, yes, you can. Your obligation is. To to the parishioner, that's your job. Your husband can take care of your child. It's it's tough for a woman to do that. You know? <laughs> wow, it's tough to walk out the door. So you know we need other people and women who are like us, people who are in our our, our profession or mm -hmm. our line of work with similar circumstances that can kind of guide us along as to how to handle things. So the next chapter talks about the wisdom of a mentor, and I'm, I'm actually going to tie together Chapter 8 and Chapter 9, because uh, Chapter 9 is about divine guidance, and I think that, that wisdom and divine guidance actually go pretty naturally together. So can you talk about those two? Yes. Wisdom is uh, the, it's the mix. It's what happens after you have the knowledge and the experience and the context, and you put it all together and you do something with it. And not everybody we know is wise. I mean, just because somebody is older or more experienced doesn't necessarily make them wiser. But someone who can actually take that all together. And you're right that there is a divine element in there because um, we are we are spiritual beings as well as physical beings. There is a spiritual side to all of us. So 
you know, if you could tap into that. Many of these women talk about um, God, uh, deceased members of families who they talk to still, uh, angels, um, you know, that sacred element in the world that does exist and allows, if they're into that, allows them to grow and to guide them. I think that if you are aligned with that, your path is going to be very different because you, if you're working your way up through a company, you're going to do things differently if you feel accountable to a higher power than rather than you know just your coworkers and just the people within your community. Well, I appreciate you sharing that, Mary. Um, the the next one is all about trailblazers. Do you have a story to tell us about that? Well, I think today it's not hard to be a trailblazer. <laughs> Things are changing so rapidly. We are all figuring it out along the way. You know, there are uh, some of the women that I interviewed that were in a very unique business or in a a lot of the first women that entered different fields like medicine and. Uh, the judicial system and politics and you know today we can go just about anywhere and and we can attain the level that we want to so it makes us all a trailblazer on some level plus the technology puts us in a whole different spot because like you were just talking about google yeah where are we going we're all just trying to figure it out on a daily basis and once we figure it out it's different isn't it yes (laughs) we don't have much of a, a chance to really settle into anything and say, hey, you know what, this email thing is great because now the, all the kids are texting. If I want to talk to my children, I have to text them, you know. Exactly. You know, so we're looking at things differently, and tomorrow will be different than that. So we have to kind of stay on top of things at all times and, and look to see where, where we can go for the next step because, um, like one of the women told me, if you're not moving ahead, you're falling behind. You're, right. you're not just standing still. You're falling behind. You know, it's a lot of work these days to keep on top of stuff, but it makes us trailblazers because it also gives us the opportunity to be as creative as we want to be. You know, you could tap into things and say, this is what I see that we can do with this. You know, um, as far as publication is concerned now, we have the e-books, and um, I've written a number of books, but now the e-books are coming out, and I, my one of my books is on an uh, e-reader. But there's some advantages to that. Yes, you don't have it in your hand to hold unless you have the Kindle in your hand. But right. you can now hit a, clink, uh, hit a link in the book and go into a video about something. You know, you want to teach something, you want to teach a skill, and then I could demonstrate it for you. I can show it to you through this little video. So use the technology to your advantage, you know, to to be creative and blaze that trail in a new direction. And it won't be long before people will be behind you coming up with a better method. But, (laughs) you know, at least we're we're keep moving along together here. Definitely. Well, Mary, we were talking earlier about uh, a little bit about social media and, and about how we use that to our advantage to, uh, share some of our thoughts about leadership. And your next chapter is about being a lighthouse. And I, th- I think that we have so many new ways to be a lighthouse. In, in the past, we had to rely on uh, our the leaders around us recognizing what we had accomplished in a company. And if we did take up mentoring, you know, being able to see 
uh, as a reflection of us, uh, the accomplishments of those that we were mentoring. So talk to me a little bit about being a lighthouse as a mentor. Being a lighthouse is actually shedding light on a path that someone can follow, a path that they probably weren't even aware of. There's so often, I'm sure you've run across many women where you've worked with them and they didn't even know that they were capable of doing something. They didn't even know that that opportunity would be available to them or that they had the skills or the creativity to be able to follow that light, that light that you're shedding for them. And it doesn't do us any good to have certain talents and wisdom and experiences if we don't share them. If they just end with us, what what good is that? You know, right. Shine that light, show it to the future because they can take it and go so much further with it and they will turn it around and do that for the next person because, like the title, Mentoring Heroes, I think there's a flip side. We mentor future heroes, so we're both heroes. As sharing our gifts that we have, you're producing another hero in the world who turns around and takes everything that they have, which includes part of you, and passes it on. It's part of our legacy. And it's what we want to do. And women need to do this for each other. We complain about not making as much money as men or not having the opportunity, and yet many women are holding back other women. And I'm not saying advancing them only because they're a woman. Right. Also don't exclude them either. Offer some help. Offer some opportunities. Help them to work with it. If they have to take time off for a sick child, give them some options. Maybe they can work from home, or maybe they can share a job with another employee. You know, make it easy for them to excel. That's shedding a light. That's being a lighthouse, offering people opportunities to be able to grow within their restrictions. You know, Mary, we have seen within the Executive Girlfriends Group, particularly over the last year, you know, which has uh, supposedly been a year of recovery, but we see so many companies you know, continuing to contract and, and not hire, and they've already gotten rid of uh, a lot of the folks who have all of uh, kind of the intellectual curiosity and also the historical wisdom about, you know, the industry and, and the company. And so we find, and as evidenced by the fact that we don't have as many people um, actually live on the call anymore uh, as we used to, uh, people don't have time. So in this call to mentor, um, what can you give to women as the reason why they should invest their time in mentoring? Why they should, because the world is still there for them and for their generations that follow them. So I want a better world for my children. And the only way that I can do that and my grandchildren as well is to be able to work with the next generation to work with people my age who can work with the next generation, to be able to pass it on. And like I said before, give value to who you know. Each one of us is very unique. No one has the experiences and the knowledge that you do, not that package, that you have a very unique package. Pass it on. Share that. Open that window. Because for me, like I said to you with that woman that helps me with caregiving, I don't know. I'd be lost if her. I'm able to function and do things because of the help I'm getting. It makes me better with the people around them, and it makes everything more peaceful for the entire family and the community around me. You know, we have to reach out to one another. We have to give the opportunity for other people to fly. And you mentor one person, you mentor a community and generations to mm-hmm. follow. 
Well, and I love uh, the the term, you know, to to make them fly. And if you take a look at the cover of Mary's book, uh, Mentoring Heroes, uh, there is a butterfly that is uh, sitting on top of a a glowing uh, globe. And and I don't know precisely what you meant that to be, but it's in the hands of a woman and seeing that butterfly uh, get ready to fly. And uh, again, the title of the book is Mentoring Heroes, 52 Fabulous Women's Paths to Success and the Mentors Who Empowered Them. And our guest today was Mary Kay Doyle. And Mary, can you let our guests know where they can contact you? They can contact me through email at Doyle at sbcglobal.net or through my website, marykaydoyle.com. And um, I have most of the links on there, I think. I also have a blog on WordPress. It's under stheodora.wordpress.com. And um, I hope I do hear from you. I want to make sure that everyone understands how important they are and to give value to who they are and what they know and their wisdom through mentoring. Well, great, Mary. I know that uh, Patty has sent you uh, the links to uh, the Executive Girlfriends Group private site, and we will make sure that all of our Executive Girlfriends Group members have direct access to all of the things that you mentioned. So if you happen to be listening to this over iTunes or off of Blog Talk Radio and uh, you don't have a way to write things down, you'll be able to go to the uh, Egg private site, which is egg.cubeless.com. And, Mary, we just so appreciate your time today. And, uh, again, I had mentioned to Mary before we started recording, I am actually coming to you all today from Bravante Vineyards, and I actually used their phone for the last half hour. So I told Dave Mosher, who runs the tasting room, that I would uh, mention uh, the vineyard. So it's BravanteWine.com. They have amazing wines. If you would like to order wine, you just tell Dave that Chickie told you to call. And it's 707-965-2552. And we thank them for their sponsorship today. And Mary, I hope you have a terrific weekend. And thank you so much for the inspiration about mentoring. It's really close to our hearts here at Egg. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity to talk about it. Really appreciate it. All right. Terrific. Well, thank you so much. And we are going to turn off the recorded portion of the call. And uh, if you want more information about the Executive Girlfriends Group, it's www.executivegirlfriendsgroup.com.